Stephen Cameron, Orlando Magic fan and podcaster. First time on the show. How's it going, man? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here tonight. All right. Before we get started, I got to know, because I think they're the most disgusting jerseys in the league, but I got to get your take on it. The Magic alternate black and orange jerseys. What do you think? I love them. They're great. They're fantastic. No, no don't tell me that. <laughs> yes, I love them. Most people don't understand. Why? Oh, man, because it's like Orange County, which is Orlando. Uh, oranges used to be in a Florida thing, like Citrus Groves and stuff. And they're just different. Different's fun. Why did, why, you know, break the norm. Be fun. Oh, I hate the color scheme. It's all good, though. <laughs> a lot more of that up next on The Dime. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, your weekly go-to podcast for all things NBA. Subscribe on iTunes or listen every week on thedimepodcast.com. And now, your host, Josh Rodriguez. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Dime. Does LeBron have a case for the MVP? Does Spike Lee have a case against James Dolan? And I put my guest in the GM chair to improve his favorite team, the Orlando Magic. If you want to follow The Dime on Twitter and Instagram, it's at The Dime NBA. Give the show five stars on iTunes and please leave a comment or review saying how much you love the show. The Dime hotline is now open, 805-826-3463. Leave a question or comment to be aired on the show. That's 805 826 3463. I'm Josh Rodriguez. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. Follow me. Say what's up. Ask a question. Slide into the DMs. Debate me. Anything you want. I'm down. Let's just keep it civil, people. And now it is time for me to introduce you my guest. He is the president of CloseUpMagic.com and is the host of the Close Up Magic podcast. Everybody, please welcome to the dime for the first time, Stephen Cameron. What's up, man? That is a very nice intro, probably more than I deserve, but thank you very much. Oh. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Ready Don't to be basketball. so modest. Don't be so modest. So, I got to ask you, you're actually the second Magic fan that I've had on this podcast. The first one is Josh Tariff, who I've actually seen you interact with on Twitter, which is really funny. Josh is a friend of mine. Um, I actually met him at a Clippers wh- game a couple weeks ago or a couple months Get ago. Get out! Yeah. Look at I this. Went, I went down Look to LA yeah, and, and uh, went to the Magic Clippers game, and there he was. That's hilarious. Look at this little community we got going on. I love it. You know, Magic fans are everywhere. They are everywhere. And that leads me to ask you, how did you become a Magic fan? Are you originally from Florida? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, yeah. I grew up in Orlando, lived there for my whole life until I moved to California about six years ago. And then I had no Magic friends out in California and decided to start a podcast and a website that covers the Orlando Magic. So that's long story short, real quick. That's really cool. Uh, I, I checked out your last episode. You had someone from the Orlando Sentinel on, so you definitely have, you know, legit people in the media, media on your show. I, I took a look at your Instagram page. You had credentials to a magic game. That's awesome, man. You're doing your thing. Yeah, man. It's been fun. You know, we've had a wide range of guests ranging from fans to media people, like the, you know, local media members. We've also had national people. Um, Jonathan Charks from The Ringer. We've had Kristen Ledlow. Uh, we've had a couple of players on. Uh, Terrence Ross. And, you know, this is just this just getting started. So hopefully we're only going bigger and better. So we'll see. Nice, man. All right. We'll be talking about the Orlando Magic on the second half of the podcast. But for the first half, it's time for Dime versus Prime Time. The Dime versus Prime Time. The debate is over when Josh says it's over. Dime versus Prime Time is where I take clips from popular debate shows such as Undisputed, First Things First, The Jump, etc., etc., etc. And my guests and I give our own opinion and possibly have a little bit of debate ourselves. So let's start with the first clip. It's Colin Cowherd explaining why he thinks LeBron is this year's MVP over Giannis. 
Uh, LeBron has won Player of the Month in the Western Conference, second month in a row. Jason Tatum has won Eastern Conference Player uh, of the Month, uh, second month in a row. Giannis, this is called the most valuable trophy, right? And MVP, most valuable. But with the MVP through the years, could the media at least be consistent? They generally give it to a great player who is the best story. LeBron's even the better story this year. 17th year, often injury, changing positions, leading the NBA in assists, finally getting a teammate in L.A. worthy of him. Number one seed in the tougher West when the Clippers are favored to win is a great story. And dealing with this awful Kobe tragedy, usually the better story, if it's close, wins. All right, Steve, I got to ask you first, who do you have for MVP and do you agree with Colin? I think it's Giannis, man. What? How is it mm-hmm. not? Yeah, I mean, okay. The the story of everything that happened in L.A. this year and 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 whatnot is is a tragedy. But uh, you know, it's just Giannis is doing everything better besides maybe three point shooting and a fraction of the time on the court. I just I don't see how it's not him in any world. Man, I agree with you on this one. We're one for one so far. I, I think it's Giannis too. I mean. Colin goes on, I don't play it in this clip, but he talks about how LeBron's on on the fourth quarter of the games and he's more important because the team needs him in the fourth and Giannis doesn't play as many minutes. Well, the reason why Giannis doesn't play as many minutes is because, you know, Giannis is kicking your ass in the first three quarters. Right. And and that whole squad is built around him. He's a freak of nature. They don't call him the Greek freak for no reason. He's definitely my MVP, but is LeBron second in your mind at least? You know, I, I, I think so. I, I think it's Giannis, and then there's, you know, quite a few people that are just doing amazing things in this league, but I, I think it really is going to come down to um, Giannis versus LeBron. He is number two. He is doing amazing things, but I try not to put in, like, previous years into consideration. Um, you know, I know right. LeBron has been in the league for however many years now he's like 35 doing this it's insane but like it's like his 29th year yeah it's 20 <laughs> it's yeah ridiculous. exactly Something like that so it's I, I i try not to put that into consideration just look at the this year's stats but you know at the same point you know Giannis isn't pulling players like anthony davis on his team you know and lebron Facts. clearly has a better number two option in Anthony Davis. That guy is a baller, you know, and, and Chris Middleton, don't get him mistaken. He's a really good player as well, but I just overall, you know, I just, I think what Giannis is doing is more impressive. Yeah. I got to agree with you there too. I mean, you brought up Anthony Davis and so did Colin Goward. It's like, yeah, Anthony Davis doesn't count for a reason why LeBron should be MVP. It's kind of a deterrent, you know, Anthony Davis, you can argue is a top five player in the league. So LeBron's not doing all this by himself. Whereas Giannis, yes, he has Chris Middleton. And I do think he has a nice supporting cast. Everything is based around Giannis. Everything, you know, with the Lakers, you could at least, you could at least revolve your offense around AD from time to time and run it through him. You're, You're not doing that in Milwaukee. So I'm with you on this one, man. Giannis, MVP, all the way. One for one. All right, let's move on to the second clip, and that is Clinton Yates on the jump, talking about whether or not Zion is unguardable. Zion unguardable, at that that certainly 
specifically? I think he is, and the reason is a, a, a part of what you said. He uses his power as strength. He's yeah. not just barreling through guys. He's not getting a lot of charges. I mean, he knows when to put it on you, and he knows when to be nimble. And that, to me, that kind of body control is an indication of a guy who is at a higher level than a lot of other players at his stage of his NBA career. That play right there is an example of it. He just goes up through you. He doesn't need the foul. Mm-hmm. He just needs to get to the bucket, and he can still finish without making it look like you've got to fly into the stand. All right, so I'll take this one first, Steven. I think Zion is definitely guardable now. I think the word unguardable is a very strong, very strong term to use for anybody in general. And until Zion develops any type of consistent jump shot, there's no way he's unguardable. I mean, you saw early in LeBron's career, uh, the Spurs in the finals did it too. Even when he was in Miami, they would lay off him and make him shoot the basketball to beat him. And I think Zion's going to face that for the first three, four, maybe five years of his career until he can prove that he can hit that outside jump shot consistently. I love Zion. I'm really happy for him. I'm glad he's doing well, but this hype train's kind of going off the rails for me a little bit. Uh, What do you think? Uh, We are two for two because I agree with you on multiple points there, but I'll bring my two cents into it too. Um, A lot of rookies, we kind of saw this, uh, especially with Markel Fultz in the beginning on the Magic side, where there's not a lot of tape in them in NBA games. People don't really know how to guard them they don't know what their game is like yet people are going to start watching more film of this guy they're going to start strategizing for him differently um it's going to happen things are going to adjust i like zion he's a beast i'm really excited he very well could be one of the best players in the nba he's already a phenomenal player that is very difficult to stop but like i don't know man put old school kevin garnett on him he will destroy, right. you know, like right. put on prime Dwight <laughs> Howard when Dwight was in the magic, yes. like three times. People forget, man, Dwight was the, Dwight was arguably the best player in the league for like two, three, four or five years. Like he was a Dude. beast. Insane. Uh, you yeah. know, let, let's watch, uh, have they played the jazz yet? Like, I wonder how he handles Rudy, Rudy. Gobert. Um, there's, we don't have as much physicality, uh, but I think it's going to be pretty easy to not easy. But I think people are going to be able to adjust to him. Um, we might not see a ton of it this year, but particularly next year, we're going to see a lot more um, people strategizing to handle him in the post. But you're right. People are going to start daring him to shoot, you know, and and until then, his game is, like you said, going to be a little bit more in the post. So, um, yeah, he's definitely guardable. But is he amazing? Is he a fantastic player? Dude, hell yeah. I'm stoked for him. He's great. Yeah, and I just want to add, you know, I I mentioned it in the first point that I made. Like, this hype train, I love Zion, and I think everybody likes Zion. I haven't met anybody who doesn't like the kid, but it's going to get old. Like, these social media posts of him, like, every time he hits a layup, like, oh my god, Zion did this! Zion with the right hand say, what? Emoji, emoji. is going to get really tiring after a a year of it, and I worry that it's going to change our perception of, of his game. And I like him a lot. I want him to do well. It's just, it's starting to get annoying that, you know, they're already crowning him. I wouldn't say the next LeBron, but it's so obvious that Bleacher Report, NBA.com, ESPN, all these publications are like already crowning him. And I think we're going to see a Zion backlash really, really soon. Can I hop in real quick and piggyback on that? Hell yes. Absolutely. I I agree, but I also disagree. Um, And I, I agree... To the point that yes, it's a little a little annoying that they're already crowning him or you know leading up to the next face of the NBA. But it's like, dude, Giannis is like what 25, 26? You know, Anthony Davis yeah. is like twenty six. There's a lot of really good players in this league that have proven a lot more um, that are only a few years older than him. Uh, 
but but the part that I don't agree with is, you know, he's in New Orleans. You know, I also watch and cover a small market team. Anytime you're getting this much coverage on a small market team, like that, that that's a positive thing. That's a win for all other small right. markets. Like, dude, I wish Jaw was getting a lot more of this type of attention. He gets a lot, but let you know more small market love. Let let's get that media attention going there. Maybe we'll stop seeing so many superstars leaving small markets to go to larger markets. So that's my only way of kind of saying like I'm a, I'm semi okay with it right now. I took completely understand and a great transition to that is to a big market team that deserves absolutely no attention. David Jacoby on high noon talking about Spike Lee and the James Dolan situation. This situation is uh, we'll get to it. <laughs> Let Spike Lee do whatever he wants. If he wants to come through the roof, he wants to come in that door, this door, whatever. He's been doing going through the same door according to him. For the last 20 years, he's the face of the franchise. I associate his face with the New York Knicks more than anybody aside from, I don't know, Patrick Ewing. Yo. You know, like he is the New York Knicks right now. So I'm a Knicks fan. I don't know if you know that. I can't even find the words because I feel like I've said it so many times that this organization has no idea what they're doing. And I don't know how many different ways I can say this organization has no idea what they're doing, but I'm going to try it anyway. This organization has no idea what they're doing. And it's not so much <laughs> – it's not even like the fact that what they did to Spike Lee was wrong. It, I, to me, it was wrong. I mean, if, if you wanted to go to a different entrance, he's been going through the same entrance for 20-plus years. You talk to him and say, hey, next time you come into the arena – go into a different entrance, we're changing the rules around. You don't kick him out of the arena or try to kick him out of the arena. But I don't know if you saw this, man. The The press release they had was like a 16-year-old kid hijacked it and posted onto Twitter. It was the most pathetic press release I've ever seen in my life with two pictures, one of the garden outside and one of like a grainy picture of James Dolan and Spike Lee. I don't know who's running the PR department, but they need to be fired. Everybody needs to be fired. And I'm sick of saying this because I've been saying this since like I was in high school and I went through high school. I have graduated college. I have changed careers a bunch of times and I'm saying the same shit every single day about this franchise. And I'm so sick of it. And this is the perfect example of a big market team that does not need to be talked about, that does not deserve to be talked about. But here we are talking about it, mainly because I'm a Nick fan and I'm forcing you to do it. But <laughs> what do you think about this situation? Yo, this this is great. I, I love it. Uh, the the Knicks are horrible. They 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 have one of the worst <laughs> PRs in the league, man. Uh, oh the my first, god. Like, so as far as like whether he comes into the entrance or not, I could really care less. Like I yeah, right. I get, don't come into the entrance. You're not an employee, but also like I get legacy. You've been here for a bazillion years and the Boyles fan ever. But like outside of that, man, like, yo, I saw that PR post and I'm just like, yo, the magic are bad. You saw team, that? But also we do, we have at least a halfway decent PR. Like, thank God we don't have this PR team. And it's like, dude, it's every time. Like why, how many times have you guys had PR posts in the last couple of years from people that don't even work for the team? Like <laughs> it's, it's gotta be at least three to four times a year. And I'm not even exaggerating. If you have one PR post a year, it's, it's typically not good. If your PR team has to come out and make an announcement about something around the organization, it's not a good thing. The Knicks have done it maybe two or three times a year. It's ridiculous. You know what the magic PR talks about? They talk about like what? players achieving records, you know, like how you know, <laughs> this player has, they'll come out and say this player has 
hit this many consecutive threes in this many games, or, you know, Aaron Gordon has hit a double double in this many games in a row or like whatever the case may be, but that's the kind of stuff As they, they should. come out and say, and like starting lineups, they'll promote, say that and like injury updates, but like, they're not talking right. about courtside fans using the wrong entrance. And yeah. The like, Knicks PRs, <laughs> like, like we had to kick out seven people today because of this. Like, it's just. It's it's an absolute nightmare. It's not just the PR. It's it's the owner yeah. James Dolan. We can talk about that ad nauseum. But the whole garden is completely toxic. And as a Nick fan, I've just completely given up. I don't know what else to do. Yeah, We've dude. hired Phil Jackson. We've hired every single coach you can think of. I mean, we went through Larry Brown, Mike D'Antoni, Mike Woodson. Uh, we, we've hired, like, you could think of anybody. We've tried it. We've traded for superstars. We've tried growing home, homegrown talent. Like, nothing's working. Nothing. They they, hi- they had someone reach out to the starters, like, a year or two ago to have them, like, let them know they were disappointed in all the trash they talked about the Knicks one time. And I'm just like, that is disgusting. wait, wait. PR reached out to a television show that their job is to get takes? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's so sad, man. It's it's so sad, and it's. I try not to talk about the Knicks on my podcast because it just results in me ranting. But this it happens at least. Yeah, like once or twice a month, I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, like, and it's always something I don't expect. Like the Charles Oakley thing happened. I'm like, "Are you serious?" And then they traded KP for Air last year. I'm like, "Are you serious?" And now this <laughs> thing with Spike Lee happens. Like Spike Lee is our mascot. <laughs> he really is. Like you could put a picture a Spike Lee's head in the middle of the court and no one would have a problem with it. Like, oh yeah, he's he's our mascot, like just running around. That that's that's what he is. And you're kicking out our mascot. That's really what it is. It's like if the Phillies kicked out the Philadelphia fanatic. I'm just sick of it. I've I'm had a really it, up and down team with a lot of questionable things that I follow. Um right. but but uh the one consistent vibe that the Magic fans have is at least we're not the Knicks. Or the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> or the Kings. Or the Kings. Yeah, the Kings, that's the Kings and the Suns. They're the other two organizations that I'm like. But they at least yeah, might, might have be better competing. PRs. But like, I'm sorry to say that the, right. the, the Knicks have the worst PR in the league. Ugh. And on top of that, we're in the biggest market in the country. Oh like there's we have all the resources at our disposal, and this is what's going on. Like you can make a case for Phoenix and Sacramento. Uh, a, two cities that really don't have the resources that New York has to be the way they are. With, with New York, there's just no excuses, and it's hey, pathetic. And I, but you know what? At it. least the, the the Knicks, when they come off a loss on, on a road game, they have James Dolan to play guitar on the plane for them, you know? <laughs> like, oh, my God. God, the G chord. His G chord, that, it's, it's so soothing. I hate him. I hate I'm him. sorry. It's okay, man. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Steven and I – uh, we're going to break down the Magic roster. I'm going to put Steven in the GM position and see what he wants to do, how to upgrade this roster. Because right now they're a playoff team, but you know what? Playoffs aren't good enough these days. you got to be a championship contender, and we're going to see how Steven takes him there. More dime on the way. You are now listening to The Dime with Josh Rodriguez. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to The Dime. If you want to follow the show on social media, it's on Twitter and Instagram, at The Dime NBA. Give the show five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, drop a comment, all that good stuff. You can call into The Dime hotline. It's open, 805-826-3463. That's 805-826-3463. I'm Josh Rodriguez. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. My guest today is Stephen Cameron. Stephen, where can people follow you? 
All right, so a couple of places. One, you can follow me on Twitter if I can ever remember my own Twitter handle. Uh, it's oh, here we go. T- <laughs> this is the hard one. It's Stephen S T E P H E N zero six one zero. But hey, most you got it right. You, got it right. you can follow uh, the Close Up Magic either going to theclosupmagic.com where you'll find Orlando Magic articles and podcasts, or you can go to uh, the Close Up Magic on Twitter, and uh, you'll find us right there. That's right. It's a podcast strictly dedicated to the Orlando Magic. And I mean, I read the reviews on Apple. Seems like it's a good podcast. Seems like you have a, a fan base there, which is really dope. And that's hard to do. Like, I don't think people who people realize it's that. It's real hard, bro. It, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody who has reviews, who has ratings and, and has a little bit of a fan base, I automatically respect, especially you're such in a niche market too. Like you're talking Orlando magic basketball. So like your audience, I'm not saying it's a small fan base, but even if I was, if I was talking Yo, Nick basketball, I will like, say I it's a small fan base. So <laughs> yeah. So, so it is what it is, but so I give you props, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I try. It's fun, man. Like I said, I moved out to California. Didn't have anyone to talk magic basketball with, um, besides a few mm-hmm. friends on the East coast. And then it just easily turned into a podcast. And then, you know, last year, uh, after the first year of having a podcast, I decided to expand it to a website and we got a team of writers that do a great job. And we, you know, we, we, we cover the team from a fan perspective. Um, so like, there's really no censorship. You're not going to get that corporate, you know, Oh, we need you to spin it this way type feel that you get from some other blogs and media sites. We just, I mean, dude, we'll drop F bombs in our articles if we need to, we don't care. Awesome. And that's theclosupmagic.com if you want to check it out. Steven, are you ready? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. So I try to come up with original segments for each one of my guests. And for this one, I don't know why this came to my head, but we're calling this segment Magic Steven, which is an ode to Magic Mike. I know you heard of Magic Mike. <laughs> yep. This is Magic Steven. No, I'm not going to ask Steven to dance or anything. We're just going to strip down this Orlando Magic team and give all the power to Steven. I'll name an Orlando Magic player, and Steven will decide if he stays on the squad or not if we replace him with some magic. If we do replace him, we'll talk replacements, but realistic ones. Let's not say, let's replace our point guard with Damian Lillard. You get what I'm saying? I, oh, I think I get you got it. this. For sure. Yeah. Now, I did say on the rundown, uh, Vucevic is grandfathered in due to his massive contract, but you left a little note in the email to me saying that you're going to find a way to trade it. So I'm going to let you do that. And if you want to get started with that, we can. Or if you want to end with that, we can. Your choice. Let's get started with it. I'm ready to get Vucevic off this team. Now, granted, he's a really good basketball player, but he is just not what this team needs anymore. He lacks defense and, uh, you know, his scoring is great, but does his scoring outweigh the defense? I don't know. No. So here's no, the thing. I'm just telling you no. <laughs> <laughs> He's on a declining contract and it's going to be hard yeah. to move him. We might have to attach like uh, a protected pick or like a couple seconds or something. I don't know. Um, but there's going to be a desperate team out there this summer like the Kings, like the Knicks. Uh, sorry. Or Ugh. someone, someone desperate that needs a center and they're going to want to take him off our hands. And we're not going to get equal value in return, but I don't care. At this point, get him off the team, take back what we need to take back, and let's get Bamba some more minutes because he is getting suffered. Like, he's suffering right now with the lack of minutes that he gets with Vooch in front of him. So mm, it might not be his easy, growth. but, you know, I'm, I'm ready to move on from Vooch. Interesting. And who would you want in general? Would you just want young players? I mean, and you just have Bamba slide into that role. You, you pretty much just said that, but you, what would you expect back from him? You know, I'm not... I'm expecting like from Vucevic is a very good player. He's a starter on, you know, 
almost every single team that doesn't have Joel Embiid or, you know, uh, some other, you know, Bam Adebayo, some kind of big center, but, um, you know, just, just someone that can contribute, uh, you know, maybe an overpaid player that, that is, is, you know, got a year or two left on his contract, but can still contribute in a meaningful way. Um, and then, you know, as far as Bomba starting right away, he might need another half a season to to have a buffer in front of him. So, you know, just, you know, some second string center that can be a starter. Um, last year I had some guys like like Dwayne, like Dwayne Deadman. He's a little overpaid. He can definitely right. start, but you know, he's also he can take a second unit role easily, in my opinion. Um, when Bomba's ready to start. You know, you don't need to play Dwayne Deadman 35 five minutes a game, right? He can easily play 20 right. split minutes easier with, with Bamba. So I'm not too picky, but mostly I just want a center that we don't run the offense through as much. So doesn't need as many touches and doesn't command as many minutes. So not too picky because my real center is Mo Bamba in about a year. All right. That makes sense. So let's move on to the first name I have on the list. Now coming to the stage, please give it up. For Aaron Gordon. He's making close to $20 million this year. Um, he's going to be making 18 mil the following year. And his last year of the contract is 21-22. We'll be making $16 million a year. Is he worth that? Are you keeping him? Or are we getting rid of him? So Aaron Gordon, man, he is one of those guys that like every year you talk about him making the jump. Will he make the jump to be an all-star? Um, you know, and, and that is the question with Aaron Gordon. Will he ever keep up? consistent play um, that we all know he's capable of, but will he do it through a full season and continue and be that borderline all-star caliber type wing player? Um, Right. I think it's slightly too soon to completely give up on him. I'm not a hundred percent. Like if the right deal was out there, like let's say Brooklyn Nets call and, you know, maybe offer uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and sign and trade Joe Harris type deal for Aaron Gordon or or something like that. I'm not like a trade machine master, so I don't know. Right. I feel like there's a deal out there with like the uh, with the Nets with Spencer Dinwiddie or Lavert and Gordon and some kind of package that could work. Um, that's the type of return I think would work out for for the magic. And that's the type of package it might take to get him off this team. But he's not a player that I'm like, no, he's got to go right now. Let's do a complete rebuild. He's taking up too much time. He, uh, you know, his, his February was phenomenal, you know, shooting like 43% from three um, averaging 19 points a game, game saving blocks left and right. And like every other close game that we had, like these highlight top 10 blocks. Um, And there's a world where I still want to see if he can, live next to Jonathan Isaac and that pairing can work with them both being healthy. Uh, but with a different offense being run for the team that doesn't go through a center that takes 20 shots a game. So um, yeah, it's a hard one. I don't know if that really answers your question. Yes and no trade them, but don't. Um, well, I'll, I'll dig deeper. Do you think he is a franchise player? I mean, cause if you're going to be a contending team, you, you just, you need a star. To build I, around, or I don't a think group the Magic of stars. have a single franchise player on their team right now. As that was my question. Stars. Yeah. So Aaron Gordon is not a franchise player to you. He is not a franchise player to me. Is he maybe a really good Robin? Like, could he be a Robin to a Batman, or maybe the the third the third really strong that, supporting player? I think so. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, but that could I, be a franchise player. I mean, like Kyle Lowry, for instance. He's he's been the Robin in Toronto all these years, and to me, he's a franchise player. He, now he's the Robin to Siakam. He was the, the the Robin to Kawhi Leonard, and even Siakam last year. So, like to me, there are levels to it. You know, okay. do you consider Aaron Gordon maybe one of those blocks? I, yeah, I do. I think he's a lower level block, like a tier two or three franchise player, probably more tier three. Um, okay. but but yeah, I don't think he's like number one go to guy. But I definitely think that he can be a very good supporting player, um, one of the top supporting players to a, to like the superstar on a team. Okay, so I think this is <laughs> this is what it sounds like just from someone on the outside. Let's go. To me, it sounds like for the right deal, you would treat him in a heartbeat. Like if if for instance that that Dinwiddie package you just mentioned or a Karis Levert package, I think if given a nice deal where the salaries match and you can get multiple players out of it, I think you would do it in a heartbeat. That's yeah. my personal opinion. But the way you talk about him, that's how it sounds. Well, well here's the thing. We got a very conservative front yeah. office that has a very unbalanced roster. This this team lacks scoring, uh, particularly yep. in the guard position outside of uh, Evan Fournier, who could be gone this summer, which I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit, um, and Terrence right. Ross. Um, but outside of that, you know, Markel Fultz is finding his thing, but he can't really shoot threes yet. We don't know if that's ever going to change. We don't really have, you know, DJ Augustine probably is not going to be on this team much longer. Um, his contract's up at the end of the year. So it's just like, the, the and we have a shit ton of forwards. I'm sorry if I can't uh, uh, for that language, but we have a ton no, of good. forwards on this team. We have Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, Al Farouk Aminu. We just drafted a guy last year who will be starting with us next year, or not a starter, but on the team next year, Chuma Okiki. Um, we have like four guys that can all play power forward. So it's a bit of a log jam. I'm not in a rush to get him off the team. I think you really, really ask this question big time uh, at the trade deadline next year. Um, I don't think he has to be addressed this summer. Um, there's still a world where it could work, but there's got to be a couple other roster changes to make it work, if that makes sense. Coming to the stage, make some noise for Markel Fultz. You just mentioned him. Now, he's a nice story because it seemed like he forgot how to play basketball. Like, he was literally space-jammed. I, like, I don't know other way to describe it. He was yeah, space-jammed out in Philadelphia. Was. And he's had some nice moments this year. I don't watch Orlando Magic basketball on the regular. So, let me know, as someone who's an outsider, how consistent he's been this year. And do you see him as the point guard of the future for this team? Because if you don't, you, you kind of want to get rid of him, right? Unless, unless a point guard like... I'll use the example you said earlier, you know, uh, Dame Lillard, unless a point guard of that caliber is available, which I don't think is, uh, he is the point guard of this team's future. And I am very confident in what he is going to bring to this team and how he can improve us. Um, he gets to the back, the basket at will and, and, and is only getting yeah. better at finishing through contact. If, if, and he, his most underrated skill in my opinion is his passing too. He is a phenomenal passer, but his two weaknesses are, shooting three-pointers, which everyone knows, and his defense could be better. But I'm treating this year like his rookie year. He's an overpaid rookie, but it's basically his first rookie year. He just passed, like, the 82-game mark a few weeks ago. And, you know, he's hit a couple rookie walls throughout the season, but he's so young. He's only 21. Um, you know, he's averaging, I think, 12-6 and six right now. And mm -hmm. super low turnovers. He protects the ball very well. You just got to get you got to get that sniper next to him if he's not going to shoot threes very well. 
um, because there's plenty of successful non three point shooter uh, point guards in this league. Um, But you know, that again, that's some other roster moves that's got to make that happen. Or he's got to get that, that three, one of the two has to happen for him to be really successful. But I'm very confident with him being on this team. He's one of the most exciting players this front office has brought in uh, since taking over the team a few years ago. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him in a magic Jersey and, and coming into next year with a full summer of training and not a full summer of rehab like he had last summer. All right. Awesome. So Markel Fultz makes the squad. Now coming to the stage, I want to hear you make some noise for Evan Fournier. He's he's a restricted free agent, right? Am, am I wrong about that? No, you are wrong. He, play, he, has, a play, he has a player option. Yeah, he has a player option. He's got a $17 right, so, million dollar player option next year. Right. Okay. So he can opt in or opt out of that. He's probably going to opt in in my mind, at least. Um, Evan he Fournier, is. he's one of those people. Yeah, he's he's one of those players to me. Like he puts up twenty, and you don't even notice he puts up twenty. But he could only like be uh, the leading scorer for a team like the Magic, who is a fringe playoff team. I really don't see him as an impact player. What do you think of him? So I think Evan Fournier is a very underrated player that has, for his entire life, uh, being in a Magic uniform, been asked to play out of position. And I don't mean out of position by a shooting guard, small forward. I mean out of like uh, primary offensive option position. We have asked him for many years to be the primary number one or one B score for this team when really he should be like the number third option and he would be a fantastic third option. I mean, he's having the best year of his career right now. He's shooting 40% from three. He's a career average 37% and pretty high volume too when it comes to shooting. Um, He's a really nice finisher at the rim and he can be a decent ball handler, secondary ball handler for a team. His problem, though, um, is he tends to get tunnel vision with players that he really, really likes and will often miss open shooters when he is the ball Mm -hmm. handler. Um, But, I mean, he's pretty good at drawing fouls. He's a really good player. He probably had an overpay on his contract this last, uh, you know, the last time when he was given to him. Um, But he also got paid that year when the salary cap went up by a bazillion dollars and everyone and their mother got paid like crazy. Um, right. But with all that being said, I'm ready to move him off this team. I don't want to see right. Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic, you know, playing another three, four years together on the magic squad. Um, we're, you know, he's turning, I think he's turning 27 or 28. So he's not exactly old. He's in the prime of his career, but you know, to sign him to another four-year, eighty million dollar deal, I'm I'm not really stoked on that. When we could get a, you know, potential younger replacement that fits more the timeline of some of our younger core, like Mark Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, those type of players. Um, so the 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 question is, what do we do if he opts in? We look to trade him next deadline. That's pretty exactly. or this summer yep. at the at the draft. Um, which I was on team trade him this deadline, not because I want him gone, but I, I, I want something in return and, um, the, you know, or he opts out. Maybe we could do it, try and do a sign in trade. Uh, cause there's not a lot of teams with money this summer. 
um, or he walks for free, which I'm kind of okay with all those scenarios. Whatever happens with that is fine as long as we don't sign him to a four-year, $80 million deal and keep him <laughs> for all four years. So, I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. definitely trade him. I, he could be someone like a Marcus Morris type was this year. You know what I mean? Someone yeah. on the team where you want to get rid of him. He makes about 15 to 18 million a year. For one year, you just you just pick up the salary for this year, and he, he helps a contender. Like he'll he'll join the Lakers next year and try to help LeBron win a ring. Like Something that's that's like what he's that. going to be next year. You know, and and yeah. he can he can get paid, man. He's young, you know. He's 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 gonna go get another. It's not like his he can take a long contract or a short contract and still have another contract after that. He's not like in a. This isn't his last big contract. He's probably got another one after that, as long as he doesn't have any like crazy injuries. So, um, right. he's got a lot of options. Uh, now I haven't thought too much this summer, what his replacement would look like, but I'll tell you at the deadline, I was looking at players like, um, Malik Beasley. I was really interested in him. Now I think, I don't think there's a chance we could get him from the wolves, but he was a nice young player that, uh, had a, had a lower salary that I thought would match this team very well. Um, you know, there's a couple other guys out there. I'm kind of spacing a lot of magic players. Our fans were wanting, um, um, Bogdanovich from the Kings. I love his game. I like him. You don't too. like his game. I like his yeah. game a lot, but I don't know how much different he's going to give us than Fournier. He's they're the exact same age, fair. making the same amount. You know, probably going to demand about the same amount of money. Um, you know, That's he's fair. not any younger, so I would prefer to go younger. Yeah. Uh, you know, if we're going like real, let's take a chance on someone. Any chance we could get, uh, you know, like a Liney Walker the third off of. Um, off the Spurs, he's a really young, intriguing uh, shooting guard. Or heck, we got a draft pick this year. There's a lot of guards. Maybe we we fill that spot with someone we draft. So um, there's options. There's there's gonna. Man, be you're making options. you're making cuts, man. You're Vucevic is gone. Fournier is gone. Aaron Change Gordon's possibly gone. Go. I love it, man. Let's I lo- listen. You are sick of being a seven eight seed. I, am. I feel it. They I got, feel it, man. They can't run it back again. This is the third year in a row they've run it back with yeah, the same core. Come on. Um, you know, I like the young guys we got. I'm ready to see them take over this team. I want the ball in other people's hands late in games, man. I love it, man. I love it. Coming to the stage, the one, the only, Terrence Ross. He's making 12 and a half mil. Oh, I, I like his game too, man. I think he's very underrated. I, I think he's very underrated, but you got him until 2023. You want to keep him until then? Yeah, I mean, you know, for the foreseeable future, you always question whether yeah. you're going to keep someone on their like their last year of the contract. But if we kept him that long, I'd be fine. The fan, he's like the fan favorite of every single Orlando Magic fan ever. Everyone is he? Loves okay. Him. He is the human torch. He gets called the human torch around Orlando. He is like one of the most like I feel like you can relate to him kind of guy on the Magic, and uh, right, and 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 everyone loves him. So he's not going anywhere. I think that second unit needs help to open up his game a bit more. Um, so he doesn't have to take as many like double team twos because he gets double teamed a lot. That second unit just does not have a lot of shooting outside of him on it. But yeah, yeah his game's great. Cast and shoot, reasonable contract. He's, you know, maybe a home you know, slight overpay, but we're a small market. We don't get a lot of free agents. Um, you know, it's, it's fairly reasonable. I think it declines throughout the years. So it's, it's not a horrible contract, and uh, I think it's, know, I think it's a good contract for Terrence great. Ross. I think he's yeah. yeah he's solid as hell. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah he's staying, absolutely dude. I love his game. Yeah, awesome. He, All right, cool. I've never seen anyone 
have like a double team and jump up so much higher than both of them, pull a foul and, and, and sink the three pointer. Like he does. Um, he just <laughs> has a knack for that. And I don't know if you know this, I don't remember the exact number. It was like in the two, three hundreds or something like that. But last season he was, he sunk the most amount of three pointers. A, a second unit player has ever made without starting. Um, Oh, yeah, dude, like the, like he could be a six man of the year candidate if if this balance if this roster gets balanced out in another year or two. He's he's a baller, dude. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so keep him. I like it. I like it a lot. You know he's got that Dion lock coming to the stage. It's Al Farouk Aminu. Defensive specialist. You're not paying him too much money, but does he fit into the future? You know, I I see where they went with signing him as a player for this team. We didn't have a lot of depth besides Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon at power forward. And those were our starters last year. Our second unit was kind of, you know, thin in that, that area. Um, but I don't think his defense will make up for the lack of offense. It's kind of the opposite of, like I said about Vooch with his offense, not being able yeah. to make up for his defense. Uh, I, if the second unit can get some better offensive players around, um, that might make up a little bit, but he kind of, from what I saw this year, you know, he over dribbles, doesn't make the best passes in the world. He does do a lot of the smarter things and is a, a little things that don't get picked up in a box score and is a you know great locker room guy and a really, really good defender. Um, but Nah, man, get him off. We got a young rookie named Chumo Kiki that's going to come in and ball and can defend nice. uh, like four through two. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about you know that what he brings to the team not like not being available. So get him off the team, trade him somehow. Might be hard this year because we signed him to I think a, I think he's got a two. He's got another year and then a player option on the third. So maybe he could be traded right. this summer, but. You know, he's also been injured this entire season except for like 18 games. So I don't know right. if, he, if he's movable, but get him off. We already got his replacement. Let's go. You know, when you see him, it's cuffing season. Coming to the stage, Jonathan Isaac. I mean, this is a no-brainer, right? This is a no-brainer. player of the year candidate. He this, was this is a no-brainer. No-brainer, yeah. man. Um, yeah. He was on track to be uh, like first, if not first, definitely second team, all defensive team this year. Um, you know, his shot was starting to come around. He's getting a lot more confident with his handle. Not the tightest handle in the world, but that he's young. That can come. Um, he is like... I hate to use the word three and D cause he's much more than a three point shooter with the ball. Um, especially if the, if the bout if the offense balances out a little bit more. Um, but dude, he, he was leading the lead in blocks and steals combined stat before he went down on injury. Whew. Um, Whew. yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. He, he was, uh, I think leading the league in blocks percentage, um, and, and like I said, he, he, he's going to be a defensive player of the year in the next couple of years. I, I can almost guarantee that he is, unless injuries for some reason get him. He's, he's a baller defensively and offensively, man. Like he's not the kind of guy you want, like, uh, you know, handling the ball often, but, um, you know, he can slash to the rim. He can drive. Uh, he, he's right. starting to get better with hitting open threes, a little bit slow of a release on his jumper, but you know, that'll get there. We don't need him to be the most talentedly offensive player because he right. is the guy where his defense does back up 
the lack of offense that he might have, and the offense will come yes. around. You know, just give us eight, give around. us eight to twelve a night, give us eight to twelve a night, solid. You know, make the shots when you're open, make some plays, use your athleticism. I, well, that's, I mean, dude, I think I think he's actually better offensively than most people think. I think given a, a little bit larger of a role, I think he could yeah. be more of a a a a. A ten to fifteen a night kind of guy, to be quite nice. honest. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a bit higher. Um, but okay, yeah, man. I mean, like even before he went out, he was having multiple twenty point games. Um, you know, clutch shots towards the end of games. He's he was getting so much more confident offensively. So I don't know what of his offensive. I might be putting a cap on him too low, to be quite honest with what I'm saying about his offense. He could be better than I realize. But uh, nah, he's staying. He's a building block of the future. He's. You know, he's he's a franchise player. And last but not least, coming to the stage, make some noise for Mo Bamba. Mo has had a very short but interesting career so far. I mean, he's been behind uh, Vucevic for a while. I feel like he's not really being utilized. I saw a crazy stat. Like, he he has – I forgot what the number was, but if, if you translate the blocks he has per 46 minutes or 48 minutes, it's like a ridiculous number. Like, he would lead the league by far. So defensively, he's there. Offensively, I, I don't see it when I watch the Magic play again. This is coming from someone who I don't watch a lot of Magic basketball. The truth is, it's just not on national TV, and I'm not searching for it. But sure. I do remember liking him in college. Um, and my friend Josh, who I've had on the podcast before, is very high on him. So what do you think of Mo Bamba? All right, so Mo Bamba, uh, this is, again, uh, this is why I want Vucevic off this team this summer. Not because I don't like Vuce, but I think he's stunting what the future of our center position looks like in Mo Bamba. Mm-hmm. Mo Bamba is a shot blocker. Um, last year, his rookie year was was really bad. I will say that. He was he did not play well. Um, he went down on injury pretty bad. You know, he's a very young Thin, thin bat, you know, center. Um, still needs to work on adding a lot of muscle. But, you know, his rookie season was bad. The start of this year was not looking so good. But then around game 20 happened, and he started just really finding his groove a little bit. The game slowed down defensively. He started locking in a lot more, not making so many mistakes. Um, offensively, though, this is where things can change, and I'm going to change your mind a little bit. He's never going to be that okay. like Nikola Vucevic, let me post you up kind of player. Um, but he's shooting the three at thirty six percent on a, a already uh, for this year. I saw that, and I didn't even know he shot the three. I watched him in college, and I knew he took it here. I don't remember him like really being a potent three point shooter. Like he's got step the out best, and shoot it like that, dude. He's got the best three three look three point shot stroke that I've seen on this entire team. Anyone that's not a guard, yeah. Um, and all the big men, Aaron Gordon, Isaac. Vucevic, Mo Bamba has the cleanest looking three-point shot. It's insane how good it is. And that's only going to get better. I think Mo Bamba could be a very, very special three-point player. Um, And also, you know, he's big. He's long. He's going to get stronger and more muscular. I don't think he's ever going to be a beefcake. But I think he'll eventually get enough size to where he can handle his own in the paint. Um, You know, lob threat. uh, And, you know, catching boards and, and doing putbacks all day. And I think... If we get that type of player from Bamba, um, you know, I think he's going to be a really, really good player. And he is someone I want on this team for the future, and I want him to have a larger role. He needs to have, you know, 25 minutes next year. If, you know, if his body can handle it physically, he that's what he needs to be getting at minimum every single night. So um, I'm ready for it. All right, so now you've given me who you want to keep. 
and it seems like you want to keep the younger talent, and you're, you're pretty much sick of the old guard. So, like, Aaron Gordon, you didn't say you want to get rid of him, but you get rid of him for the right price. Fournier, you want gone whenever the time comes when his contract will allow it. Um, now, to me, at least, the Magic, when I watch him play, like, there's no continuity on offense. It just seems kind of random to me. And that falls on the coach, Steve Clifford. Now, I don't know what type of offense the Magic run. I don't know if there's any imagination within it. What do you think of Steve Clifford? Is he preventing this team from going forward, or is it more of a roster problem? Do you want to keep him around, or do you want to change the helm? That's a difficult question. I um, I think his biggest weakness as a head coach is his stubbornness to in-game adjustments and roster um, and, and lineups, if that makes sense. Uh, he's not yeah, the most creative with that kind of stuff. Yeah, his rotations are garbage, um, and... And he doesn't make very good in-game adjustments. Like clearly on nights when when Vooch is getting cooked defensively and Bamba's playing great, he will still keep Bamba on a short lease and put Vooch right back in for you know, it's like, nah, man, give Bamba the extra two, three minutes and and like let him keep this role going. Um, he doesn't do right. those types of things, which is super frustrating. But with that being said, I I have Clifford uh, as a I, I look at him with a player. When you look at a player and say, you know, what's his ceiling, what's his floor kind of deal. I think he raised this team's floor significantly. Um, you know, we're no longer a lottery team. I don't think we're going to be a lottery team as long as he's our coach. But what's his ceiling as a head coach for this team? Um, I don't think he's the guy that's going to bring us to be, a, you know, in the conference finals and stuff like that. Uh, you know, true contenders in the East. Will he always get us to be, you know, a... Uh, a uh, six through eight, you know, five through eight threat uh, in the in the East. Probably he's probably good for that every year. Um, but yeah. after that, I don't think so. Part of that could be roster construction. Construction. It's hard to tell because his roster is so off balance with such limited offense, uh, uh, offensive players. So it's it's um it's a challenge. I I don't want to fully grade him until I see a better balanced roster. But um, he's not the guy I'm like, yo, let's get him out of this office tomorrow and look for a new coach this summer. Like, I'm fine with writing his contract out and just not signing him in, in another two years because I think he's got – I think they sent him a, a four-year contract. This is year two. He's got two more years. By the time those two years come around, Fultz and Isaac and Bamba, and hopefully at that point we have like a go-to guy on this roster should be really taking development. And at that time they can, you know, find a better place coach to, to bring that team to the next level. So it's not really like a keep them now, get rid of them now, but kind of like he's fine. If a better option is available, go after him. But I don't think there's a better option available. I don't want Dave Yeager. I don't want Dave Fisdale. Those guys can't hold a job longer than a season. Um, you know, he has respect in the locker room with the players. So it's, it's fine for now. It's, Let's just put it that way. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you're not crazy about him, but like when you think about his replacement, it's, it's why, why get rid of him? So yeah, exactly. I, I guess my next, my next question would be what kind of offense do you, would you like to run though? Like, are you satisfied with what you're seeing from his schemes? I mean, a lot of teams now are embracing small ball. A lot of teams have, you know, the five wide or the high pick and roll game. And like I said, I'm, the first one to admit, I don't want, I don't watch a lot of magic. So if they run that type That's of okay. stuff, no. But but um, like what what do you envision going forward? I mean, do you want to change up the offensive style? Do you want to be more of you know a slow it down and rely on our defense team? Which I think, from what I know, the magic is 
perfectly fine. I think the Magic should slow the ball back down. From what I know about them, I think a defense is their strength, and they should turn each game into a half-court game. But where do you see the team going forward as far as offensively? So we're already one of the slowest-paced teams in the league. So right. going any slower isn't going to help us at this point because we're, I think, bottom three as far as pace of play. Um, but... You know, I, I would like to see things sped up a bit more because honestly, when we play faster, our offense is better. We have been playing faster the last few weeks and our offense has never looked better this entire season. Um, with that being said, I, I would like him to get the ball in other people's hands a bit more late in games. He's still kind of sticking to the Evan Fournier, Nikola Vucevic. When I'm ready to see uh, Markel Fultz be more of a be more of a, 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 a attempt to be a different make a difference maker, if that makes sense, um, it, it's it's really hard to judge him on on what I want the offense to be because we just don't have the the shooting on this team to make the offense what I want it to be. You know, we got, got a point it. guard yeah. that that is um you know that that is a three point you know liability. You know, we do have a really nice three-point shooter at shooting guard. Our small forward and power forwards are pretty mediocre three-point shooters in Aaron Gordon. And right now, James Ennis is our is our small forward because of all the injuries we have. Um, even Jonathan right. Isaac, I think he can be a good, you know, three-point shooter, but I don't know if he's ever going to be a 40% shooter. So... <clears throat> It's kind of hard to say, like, yo, run this offense because we just don't have that personnel. I think he's doing the best he can with what we got, but I would like to see a faster-paced offense run. We don't need to be the fastest. We don't need to be the kings, but, like, can we at least be league average? Um, I think that would be a lot better, and and I'd like to, again, yeah, I'd like to see the ball in other people's hands. We're gonna, we're not going to fall out of the playoffs this year, right? We're, we're pretty much going to be a seventh, eighth seed. Um, the rest of the East is just too weak, so... Get creative. Let's see what these younger guys can do. Um, you know, let's put the game in, like in more in Aaron Gordon's hands. Let's put the game more in Markel Fultz's hands. Uh, less shots for Nikola Vucevic. Um, Evan Fournier is fine. He's, you know, I, I don't really have too many complaints with him offensively, except he he makes too many decisions um, with the ball, and I, I would like less of that. So I don't know if that really says, yo, let's run this style, X's and O's this way, but here's no, some tweaks no. I'd like to make. Yeah, what I get from you is like you, you kind of would adapt to the fact that, you know, the three ball is a big part of the game right now. It yeah. just is what it is. And to do that, you know, you don't have to speed up the game, but, you know, you do need shooters on the wings and you do need someone who, who can drive and create and your point guard can't be uh, a liability from the wing. And it, that's what it is right now. And, you know, I think some of it is a roster problem where it's like, well, our point guard can't really stretch the floor because he can't shoot and we don't have the shooters to begin with, like you just said. I mean, you don't have bad three-point shooters, but there's no one who's going to like scare the crap out of you. So right. that's, yeah, that, that comes with roster, you know, roster moves and free agency and maybe these trades that we spoke about before. Maybe, you know, the team changes their identity a little bit and you could speed up, speed up the game. But this is yeah, a you really- mentioned that. This is a really big summer for the front office this this, this upcoming yeah. offseason. If they don't make big changes to this roster, they're going to piss a lot of Magic fans off because it can't Uh-oh. stay the same. It's been the same for the last five, four years, you know, really, with Aaron Gordon, six years offensively. Yeah. So it, it's it's time to, you know, it's time to make a change. It's not working. All right. Well, Steven, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. That was fun. Hey, I had a lot of fun. 
It was great. I'll come back, talk Magic Basketball or League Basketball anytime. Uh, like it, I man. said, uh, you know, one of the funnest podcasts I've been able to jump on as a guest. <laughs> Any Thanks, day, man. call me. <laughs> you know, this is fun. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Where can people follow you once again uh, if they want to catch your podcast, if they want to follow you on Twitter? Yeah, my podcast is on all the major platforms. Um, you know, iTunes or uh, Apple Podcast and um, Stitcher and Spotify. It's The Close-Up Magic or Close-Up Magic. You can search either one. And I'll, I'll show up um, on Twitter. Uh, we are the Close Up Magic, or my personal Twitter, where I'm pretty active as well, is Steven, S T E P H E N 0610. And most importantly, go check out the website, thecloseupmagic.com. We got articles that we go up, um, you know, all sorts of fun stuff that, uh, again, are uncensored takes about the Orlando Magic that you're not going to see. Um, you're not going to see uh, ESPN and Bleacher Report style content on our on our site we're we're a bit more raw and fan driven so it's pretty fun that's awesome man uh if you guys want to follow the dime it's on twitter on instagram at the dime nba i'm josh rodriguez at josh underscore rodriguez underscore don't know who my next guest is gonna be i was gonna make a huge announcement but i'm gonna hold off just for a little bit longer because there's paperwork being done i don't know if that's a hint or not but there's something going on with the podcast was gonna announce it today not going to do it. Maybe next episode. So until then, I'll catch you around on another episode of The Dime.